Why is it that some people achieve greatness despite the obstacles in their way and others, it just seems, stumble upon excuse after excuse after excuse? I mean, no matter what happens, it's always someone else's fault. It's always bad timing. There's always a reason to quit. There's a, there's a problem. There's an obstacle. There's a person who has it out for them. Life is unfair. You don't understand. I don't understand. If, if things were different, life would be better. I mean, you've heard the excuses. You have friends right now in your life who are making those excuses. Maybe you're the friend in your circle of friends who is the first person to make those excuses, to, to point the finger, to label the experience as to why you're not as successful as you want to be. And, and I, look, I've been obsessing about success and greatness my entire life. I, I feel like it's the only thing I think about some days. From the time that I was a little kid, I mean, I thought about how can I be amazing? How can I be excellent? But I stumbled my way trying to find success. My son broke his leg and he had a cast for a couple weeks and he was at the beach. And fortunately with the summer, he couldn't enjoy the summer as much as he wanted to because he broke his leg. And I was telling him the story of when I was a young kid, um, I, and, and actually I wasn't a young kid. I was a young adult in middle school, perhaps even early high school. I played soccer and, uh, man, I, I, I was horrible. I was horrible, but I went to a private academy and our coach said, um, sorry, I'm thinking about the story and it, it kind of moves me. Our coach said, if you can make it back from the first day of, of training, then you're on the team. I'm never going to fire anybody who completes the first few days of exercise. Now, you had to understand our coach. Number one, I went to a, a Christian academy, uh, God-fearing, Baptist sort of academy. It was tough. It was rigorous. In fact, I, I when I first went to, to, to university, I thought high school was harder than college was. That's how tough it was. And our coach was was a Hoosier from Indiana, Indiana, and he was tough. Boy, was this guy tough. He would take us probably 10 miles away from school, and he would say, so you're, we're down this road X number of miles. If you make it back, well, we'll see you tomorrow. If you don't make it back, don't show up tomorrow. Now, today you couldn't really do that, but back then you could. And I remember as a ball boy, uh, before I got to this, this phase of my life, I, would, I was the guy on the sidelines chasing the balls and throwing them in and, and trying to show how active I could be and how helpful I could be. And I got to travel with the team. And it got to be this certain point where I thought, what if I could run with these guys? What if I could run with these guys? And that just so happened I went to the same school. I'm the second of five kids. My older brother was three years above me. So he was in, uh, I think, 11th grade, and I was in 8th grade. And that, that year in the senior class, there were, uh, I mean, probably eight, nine, ten talented people. Um, we had the number one ranked prep soccer team in the nation. That, that'll let you know the skill level. I'm not talking Mickey Mouse soccer. I'm talking we'll kick your ass soccer. That's how talented and good this team really was. Number one in the nation for a prep school. And uh, I remember as an eighth grader, I mean, I'm training, I'm running and practicing. And my, my dribbling skills are, are meager at best. Uh, you know, just, just, just stupid raw guts. And I got to that first day of practice. And uh, I, 
the coach just said basically if you make it back to the bus we'll we'll uh we'll see you tomorrow you're on the team basically and what literally you knew this was coming every single person who tried out for soccer knew that this day was coming knew this moment was coming knew that this absolutely ridiculously mindfuck of a exercise was going to happen and while I did some training, I'd been a runner my entire life. I can't say that I was totally prepared for what was going to happen. But I started running with the rest of the group. And I decided that I was going to stay towards the front of the group if I could. And pretty soon out of a group of 40 or 50 people, it, it, at the front of the pack, it, it dwindled to you know 30. And then I think it dwindled to 25 and then 20 and then 15 and then 10 and then five, and then four, and then three. And it was me and one other person. It was uh, one other person. And uh, his name was Aaron. And I think he would go on to play soccer at the Air Force Academy. And he was like a uh, a special forces person in the the Air Force, elite level soldier. But in, for the next few hours, I was literally just running side by side by side by side. I mean, imagine this. You're an eighth grade kid running in lockstep with a fully uh, scholarshiped, um, elite level, in shape, talented senior at your high school. And I, I don't know what happened to me, but I just decided that I was not going to quit. And I'm running and I'm running and I'm running and I am running and I, 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 somewhere along the lines, uh, he was running to the right of me and I was running on the inside and I, I said, you, you better move over. And he kind of gave me a look it's, you know, at a certain point, you're not even talking anymore. You're just running and you're, you're huffing and puffing and you're doing whatever you can to keep up. And I looked at him after what had been, you know, 45 minutes of silence and I said, you better move because I got to throw up. And while I'm running, I bend over at the waist and just hurl everything. And he didn't stop. And I thought, oh shit, he's not stopping. I can't stop. So I don't even stop. I keep running. I've got throw up on my shirt. I've got throw up on my shorts. I try to use my hand to wipe it off my face, but my hands are so sweaty and there's so much salt on my face. I'm just, it's like a, it's like a goo of stomach acid and sweat and salt and 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 that's that's where I was that's where I was I ran in lockstep with that senior for the entire first workout minus the last 200 yards Maybe it was 400 yards. I mean, the bus was right there. I could see it. I could taste it. I could touch it. And this guy just, he had more wheels than I did. And I remember he, he dropped the bottom out of this, you know, skill and just tore off. And, and, and I was left hobbling my way towards the bus. And in that moment, I, I felt this sadness I just felt, um, I, you can tell I feel it now, right? I just, at that moment, I just, I was crushed. I was crushed. 
I had tried so hard to be there the entire race. I had fought to be there the entire race. And I came up ever so slightly short. Now, for some of you thinking like, dude, what the hell is your problem? You know, by the way, not only did I make the soccer team in my eighth grade year, but I actually played a considerable amount of time, both my eighth grade and my ninth grade year. And I was playing with all these amazing seniors uh, who were super talented. I think we went from, you know, first to maybe third place in the nation. And then maybe we bounced back to first place. I don't know. But we, it was a couple couple moves, but we stayed at, at a very high level, elite level. And I, I just, I don't, I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but where you really want something badly, you know, it's all consuming. A few years later, as I was in high school, I was running track and I ran the mile. And uh, I think some of you know, I, I, I think I set the record for, not I think, I did set the record for my high school for running the mile. But the year before I did that, I had another one of these experiences where I, I, I was playing soccer and I got injured badly. Uh, I didn't know how badly it was, but I had not only broken my ankle, but I had um, several chips that were in that bone. And um, I remember as I lined up around the track, and by the way, what's funny, uh, for those of you um, who can imagine a track, we didn't have a track track, like a, a running track. We had a parking lot, think of a Walmart parking lot, where you have like uh, yeah, some trees growing at one end and think of four corners and you basically run around the four corners of a parking lot and that was our highly unscientific track. And so we didn't actually go to a track, track to train. We never did. So here I am running around this and I'm so injured that um, the coach looks at me and says, look, I, you know, I can't let you race. You're, you're, you're hobbling. And I had one of these moments where I felt this desperation here I was with this body that was so crippled it would not perform. He said, look, I can't let you run. And I, I said, no, I'm going to run. Here I was with this ankle that was broken. I wanted to compete so badly with this chip that I remember uh, he, he blew the whistle to go. He said, fine. He kind of threw up his hands and said, fine, whatever. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're so determined, go. But I don't think you're going to go. It's just impossible for you to go. And he blew the whistle. And I lunged off my right foot. And the pain was so extraordinary that my, my knees buckled from underneath me, literally. And I, I, I felt like the tears coming to my face. And I almost made a sound. But then I bit my tongue or bit my teeth together, chomped my teeth together, and I got back up on my feet and I started running. And I figured out this style pretty quickly where I would use my left foot to gain ground and then land sideways on the, my right foot so it would not push the bone in. I could basically use it to, to kind of push off sideways. And I ran around this track uh, four times because that's that's what basically in the mile was just four laps. I ran around this thing and I, I came in first place and it was so much pain that I stopped and when I stopped, I, literally my legs were shaking because, well, one, it was extraordinary effort anyways to run quickly, but then to do it 
on an ankle that had chips floating around in it and pain and I had tears coming to my eyes and snot coming out of my nose because have you ever tried to run while you're crying? And I remember Coach uh, Mac looking at me and he said, I, I, I kind of shook his head and he said, I can't, I can't let you run. These two stories illustrate for me a really graphic scene of wanting something. Have you had that experience yourself where you just want something? You're moved to the point of tears where in your soul you just want it bad. I got to tell you, my friends, until you want success that bad, it's not going to happen for you. I often joke about, you'll see me on Twitter or Facebook saying, pure rage, rage running. And I'm, I'm kind of joking. I actually don't run angry. That, that's actually not a good way to be fast. You'll burn up all your energy too quickly. But what I have learned in my short, short life of 38 years is that you have to want it, whatever it is, really, really, really badly or you're not going to achieve success because life is tough and pain is tough and the obstacles are tough and the critics and skeptics are tough and and the and everything going against you is tough and you have to get your back up and say I am going to be fucking tougher. And there's nothing you can do to stop me because I'm going to be here and I want it really 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 bad. And it's quite possible that if you're listening right now, you're thinking, Dan, I'm doing all the things and it's not working for me. I'm, I'm following the process, but it's not working for me. And I'm going down the paths and I'm trying this and I'm trying that. And I'm going to church and I'm reading books and I've got great mentors and I'm buying these programs and I'm going to seminars and events. And, and man, you don't understand. It's just not working for me. And here's probably your problem is that deep down in your soul, you just don't want it badly enough. Bad enough for you to lose sleep. Bad enough for you to lose money. Badly enough for you to uh, give up on TV time. Badly enough for you to have to cash in relationships and beer money and coffee money and, and, and spending time with friends and goofing off. And you, you want success as long as it's on the path you're already on. As long, if you don't have to stop, if you don't have to make a detour, if you don't have to climb up a mountain, if you don't have to do anything other than reach your hand out the vehicle while you're already driving down the road and grab success, you're not willing to do anything. You're not willing to do more. You don't want it badly enough. <sighs> Chances are you do want success. But you might need to spend some time thinking, obsessing, letting the results of what you want so overwhelm your senses that you are moved emotionally in your soul to pursue that level of greatness. Hey guys, it's, uh, I know a lot of times I start the show and I'm, I'm laughing and, and giddy and joking. I wanted to share with you some personal moments and I hope it encourages you. This is the Edgy Conversations Podcast. I'm Dan Walshman. This is radical help for people who want it. Eh, I hope you want it. Man, I hope you want it. I want it. I want it so fucking bad. I wish you could feel my heart as it beats and to know 
the strength and resolve and determination that I have to get to where I want to be. I wish I could share that with you. Each day, each night, each podcast, we're going to explore elements like this. Make no mistake, we're going to come back to this subject. I'm convinced if you're stuck, the, the reason probably is you might not want it badly enough.